Hey friends, welcome back to the Living Out Loud with Allie and Amanda podcast. My name is Amanda. The Living Out Loud show is where we invite a different guest each week. We give our guest the opportunity to share her story. Our hope is that their story will encourage you in some way. My name is Allie, and I want to say thank you to our awesome listeners for letting us into your lives each month. So grab your coffee or favorite beverage, and let's get started. Woohoo! 2019! Oh my goodness, it is cold today. Yes. It is a wintry wonderland It's miserable. Day. Yes. I mean, there's no snow, but it's like 30 degrees. It's supposed to be coming, though. 30 degrees in Mississippi is is cold to us. And we both wore hats to lunch. We didn't even, we didn't plan it. I know, a puffy jacket. We're like true <laughs> sisters. Okay, so you have something to tell me, and you haven't told me yet. I do. Is it a story? Is it news? Is it, I don't know, I'm ready. Get ready for I want to know. Okay, I'm ready. I'm pregnant. You are not. No, you're not. I'm, okay, I wish you guys could see her look. <laughs> I was like, do I get excited about this? Because here's the deal. Like, I'm 43, and you can be pregnant at 43. Okay, you can be an actress. There's a... Because you had me for, like, two seconds, because I didn't want to be... Like, I wanted to be like, oh, my gosh, excited for you if you were excited, but, like, that's crazy. No, like... Here's the thing. Lots of people have babies later in life. They I'm, do. I'm not pregnant. I didn't okay. want to say that to you just to see what you would say. <laughs> but, no, I really did have a dream last night that I was pregnant. Really? And I was so upset. Oh, my, well, yeah. I mean, you have, yeah, your boys are so stretched out. I have 18, 15, and 7. And I wasn't upset because, like, I love babies. Like, yeah. Like, if God gave me a baby, I would be so thankful. Oh, man. But I was like... That's so far apart from Cade. If I were going to have another baby, I would have wanted it to be so like closer together in age. You would have a senior in high school and a newborn. <laughs> yes, and people do How that. Awesome. Like I think I read like I don't know when it was. Like no, it was a video Francis Chan was talking about um, his they had a senior maybe in college or high school doesn't make a difference and then a 3-month-old. Golly. And then I they were adopting imagine. A teenage girl. Um, wow. But anyway, the reason I was going to tell you that is that's how I felt this morning. The way you looked at me is how I felt this morning. Because like, that dream was so real. I woke, and I woke up and I was like, Lance, I dreamed that I was pregnant. I don't ever dream. And right. when I do dream, they usually mean something. Right. So I was like, what the You're heck? You're a little scared. What the heck does okay. this mean? Well, speaking about of babies... We have a new baby in our family that was born yesterday, Carly. So my step, oh. my stepdaughter, her mother had a little boy yesterday at five o'clock. He was nine pounds something, oh. so big old boy. Congratulations, um, so yeah, Carly! I know we're excited. I can't. What wait I love to about that is snuggling. some listeners are like, "Okay, your stepdaughter's mom. Like, why are you so excited? Yeah. So many relationships are not that happy and fun. Yeah, that's what I love about you guys. She's my co-mother." You guys have such an awesome, healthy relationship, and I just can't wait for you guys to share your story with I know. I can't wait. We're going to have to bring Carly on and us kind of talk about our story. It's so good. I'm sorry to lie to you. I just No, that's okay. It was a great lie, and my heart stopped for like just a second. (laughs) I wanted you to see. You're glad you didn't have to do CPR. Maybe feel the way I was feeling this morning. But I was like, really, what does this mean? Like, I was like, (laughs) my my heart was like, what? I can't be pregnant. I didn't, like, I mean, I'm in 
again, I know that we don't plan things out like right. that. Because I have an 18-year-old, a 15-year-old, and then a 7-year-old, and we did not plan that spacing. God right. did. And right. it was perfect. Right. But I am glad that it was just a dream. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, you got me. I also want to just share a little bit. We just got back from a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, to our listeners, Allie and I got to get away together with wonderful. a couple of our other friends for about a week. We went to the She Speaks conference. We had been wanting to do that for the past few years, and we finally got to go. It was so good. Allie and I got a lot of work done, but my favorite thing and part about the trip was watching you, Allie, (laughs) just be so carefree because I so remember the first time I left my each one of my babies and how that felt. Oh, free. Especially my first one because I was like, you know, I missed him but I really didn't know how to be and that's I could just see and I saw like I enjoyed watching you enjoy every single thing oh I enjoyed every second of it I enjoyed overeating I enjoyed (laughs) not exercising not sleeping I think we lived on coffee and sweets for four days I loved it And and it was so fun and I was saying you know we may not be the same about exercising but we are the same about loving oh, yeah. food oh yeah and I learned that and yes. I'm so glad you love food the way I do it was it was really nice and it was funny because like my grandmother and mom you're just gonna miss your baby so much and I mean I did miss her I mean I was really yeah. glad to be back and see her But the freedom was almost more overpowering than the missing her at the beginning of the trip because I had no responsibilities. Like, I was completely checked out, and not even just the responsibilities as a mom. I didn't have to make a grocery list. I didn't have to cook. I didn't have to do anything. Food was served to to us, you know, and we just kind of had a schedule, and we just went with it and didn't have to drive anywhere, and that freedom was amazing like it just was so good for my my soul and when I came back I was in a better place and um, just appreciated everything more well I was so happy for you because you needed that break I did and it was I enjoyed being with you and let me just say you are a rock star mom well thank you um this is a women's podcast so we can talk about (laughs) breastfeeding and nursing and pumping and listen to our listeners Allie is a pumping Pumped machine. the whole way. <laughs> we were on the plane, and she was all covered up, and she had her little, her pump machine. Uh-huh. Her, all you called? could hear was the boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think anyone really noticed. Luckily for y'all, y'all were holding the, like, blankets up around me, and yeah, it was, it was pretty humorous. And then getting back through the airport with 15 individual bags of milk was pretty funny, too. Yeah. So it was an adventure, but... I made it back with the liquid gold. That's right. So. A mom's got to do what a mom's got to exactly. do. Exactly. And so. I've learned that it doesn't even matter. Like, I don't even have any pride with it anymore. I'm not even embarrassed. Yeah. I just walk up and say, I have breast milk, and I need you to <laughs> put this in the refrigerator. And yeah. they just kind of look at me like, okay, yeah, no questions asked. Listen, as a mom, haven't you learned, like, you lose it doesn't matter. all pride, anything that you may have been modest yeah. about. It's like, whoa, it's out, the out the door. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we're going to start, but um, if you hear the rustling of our jackets, we are cold. Freezing. And it will pick up on all the sound, but we're not taking our jackets off. It's cold today. <laughs> Even in the office. Exactly. So I have to tell y'all about this ranch that I've been going to. Amanda, you've been hearing about the ranch over and over and over. I think we've been twice now. First time, just my husband and I, and then we brought 
our baby Brooklyn with us the next time. And um, it's kind of a funny story. So there's a ranch, it's called Brushy Creek Ranch. It's in Gloucester, Mississippi, which is South Mississippi. We're in Oxford, which is North. And um, the way that we discovered this ranch was super, super random. It all happened over ice cream. So Wesley and I, my husband, we went and had ice cream when we were on vacation at Aritas, which is a franchise in Gulf Shores. And we were interested in the franchise, met the owner. Well, the owners of this ranch, same thing, went to the same Rita's, talked to the owner. Well, the owner said, well, there's two of y'all in Mississippi that are interested in this franchise. Why don't I just connect y'all? Well, we connected. They invited us to the ranch. On their ranch, they have a ministry. It's, uh, it's called Outlaw, Outlaw Ministries. And they are doing some amazing work on that ranch. They built a chapel and they have a beautiful creek in the background where they baptize people and their number is something crazy. I think it's like 288, don't quote me, in like a year or less um, of, of people who have given their lives over to the Lord. So there's a lot of revival, a lot of things going on there. Um, and it's just an incredible place. Um, it's holy ground. I mean, when I went there, there's no service, cell phone service, and you just got to relax and um, check out, and you just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. So my first time there, we were invited down. There was a women's conference, and um, that's where I met our next guest, who's about to share, Don Gilbreth, and she is from Louisiana, a town called Beekman. Did I say that right, Dawn? Yeah. Beekman. Okay, I'm assuming it's a small town. Is it small? It's very small. Very small. Okay. Um, so I want to introduce her to you. She has an incredible story. She shared it with me at the women's retreat, and I just sat there with chills all down my body and tears in my eyes just listening to how something so tragic, um, a mother's worst nightmare, um, how God used that and continues to use that um, pain and hurt to make it into a story and a message that y'all honestly will not believe. I mean, it's, it's too amazing. And it's only, um, it's only a thing that our God could do. So I can't wait um, to hear her share it again. And I can't wait for y'all to hear it. So Don, welcome. welcome We're glad Don. you're here. I'm looking forward to hearing your story. Amanda's never heard your story either. So this is going to be her first time. Well, with, um, with the podcast, I'm going to have to cut a lot of detail out, but I'm going to do my best to give y'all, um, the best part of the story that I can give y'all without um, cutting out the best parts of it. So um, bear with me. Um, yeah, that's great. That's great. We're going to go ahead and let you get started. Kind of tell us about your family and um, we'll ask you some questions periodically throughout your story. So let's okay. go ahead. Okay, well, we'll go back to, um, I guess, 2015, because that's when it all um, took place. But um, at the time, we had seven children, and um, I know that's a large family for most, and, and they're mine and my husband's together. We always wanted um, a big family. That's just something we've always, from the time we dated, we wanted a lot of children. So um, with that said, we, we had seven, and we actually had one on the way, and um, this happened... September, I'm going to say September 6th is the actual day, but we have a large family and our kids are kids that play in the yard, they ride four-wheelers, they, um, they are creative, they build forts, they, um, 
they are just very creative kids. So they're always doing things that um, it's fun. And um, all of my kids, I have to say, they all always have smiles on their faces. They run, they play, they, um, they're all blonde-headed. They all have blue eyes. So that's kind of like the makeup of our, our family, just outdoors and, and, yeah. and just doing stuff, you know? Right. Right. And so, um, let's see, um, on September the 6th, we went to church that morning. It was a Sunday morning, and everything was just as it should be. You know, you go to church, and then the afternoon, you just kind of let your, you know, your hair hang down, and everybody just kind of does what they do. And um, my oldest um, son, I'll, let me just kind of go through their names, just so you'll know who all my kids are and kind of their ages and stuff. Um Jabe is eight, he's 18 now, but um, Jabe is my oldest, Gracie, and then um, Blade is, was my third child, and Glory is, uh, she is my fourth, um, let's say Bodie, and Jax, and River, all of those are boys, um, mm -hmm. and then um, River was my last, he was uh, about one and a half two when all of this took place so they're all like like I can say all in the yard they're all playing they're all having um, a great Sunday afternoon like everybody does after church and in September you know the weather's perfect no need for coats no need for um that kind of thing so everybody's just kind of playing in the yard and um this particular day my husband and my son Blade which is um the one that I said is my third child so um, he was 10 at the time and they were building a deer stand because hunting season's coming up and they have been building this deer stand all weekend. And so all weekend they, um, worked hard getting this deer stand going and this last thing was all that was needed in this deer stand and they were going to go hang it. They were going to go put it up. It was a um, box stand so they could hunt together. And, um, they... I guess what it was was the chair that they were going to put inside the deer stand and if people out there or your your listeners know about hunting you kind of got to be quiet because um the deer will hear any noise that you have so this particular day the uh, last piece of the puzzle was this chair that goes in the deer stand and um <laughs> and it had a squeak to it so my husband was like look we we got to get this squeak out of here and so he went back to get his WD-40 and he said, just give me a minute, Blade. We'll, um, we'll take it out there as soon as I go get my, you know, my stuff and I fix it up. So, so he had a little bit of time and during this time, he was actually in the house with me and something that he liked to do was stack playing cards and playing cards. Um, he would make this this um, tower with playing cards. So you would put two down and you put one on top and it would make like a little a little tent and then you make another one. Anyway, he could stack them all the way to the top wow. um, and make a big, a tower. He could make a card tower. So my daughter, she, she wanted to ride her bicycle and she says, mom, can I ride the bikes? Can we ride bikes? And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't care, <laughs> you know? So um, she came and got him and they both left out and they, they went riding their bikes and, um, you know, they're just wait. Blade was just waiting on his daddy to get through the deer stand. So they left out, not even thinking. And here I'm writing a report for school because at the time I was going back to school and taking online classes. So I'm sitting at the table. The next thing I know, 
um, here comes my daughter running in the house and she says, uh, blades hurt, mama, come on, blades hurt. And I'm like, what, what happened? I mean, we have kids and they bump their knees, they scratched, <laughs> I mean, they are always hurting themselves. I don't care what they do, there's somebody gonna cry. And so I don't think much about it, honestly. I'm like, okay, well, let me go see. So I went outside and um, to my amazement, my husband was on the four-wheeler. He was already headed out to get my son because he was ready, like he was ready to put the deer stand out. So he had met my daughter coming um, down a little trail. We have, uh, it's 20 acre property. So we have a lot of trails and a lot of things. So they were riding their bike down a trail and there's nothing on this trail. It's a plain trail. There's no rocks, there's no, um, any obstructions at all. So he had met her coming and she didn't even stop to talk to him. She just came to get me. And what happened was um, he had had a bicycle wreck and she was just coming straight to get mama, you know, but she had already told my husband. And, um, and what happened then was he had already seen that he was, he had fallen. So he went to pick him up and he put him on the four wheeler to bring him back to the house. So as they came to the house, as soon as I walked out the door, I saw him coming. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? You know, he's on the back of the four wheeler. And, and so whenever, um, they met me at the gate, um, that's when my husband was like, okay, mama's going to put you in a car and we're going to take you to the emergency room. I didn't know what, you know, I'm like, what, what is going on? You know, but at that moment when my husband lifted him off the four wheeler, he collapsed. Like he yelled out as loud as he could. And that was it. That's the last word I heard from him. But he had, he was grabbing his right side and he just fell. And my husband wouldn't let him hit the, the ground. So he kind of just lowered him to the ground and it was not good, y'all. It was like, all I could see is his face was turning white and his lips were turning blue. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, um, I had no idea what in the world was happening at that moment. And, um, and so my husband is trying to get him to talk to him, stay awake, wake up, baby. What's, you know, tell me what's wrong. And he was trying to ask him questions to get him to respond. And he wasn't responding at all. And so, of course, I ran and got my shoes, my purse, and, and I'm thinking I'm fixing to take him to the hospital, but um, it was serious. Like, this was something serious, so I called 911, and, and my son is there with me, my oldest. Um, he's the one that's 18 now, so we're standing there, and my daughter instinctively took all the other kids that were outside, and she took them in the house, and they began to pray. Um, I did not know that until later, but um, she was just that mother hen, um, and she was about 12 at the time, so she took all the babies in the house, and it was me, my husband, my oldest, and myself, and we were all just standing over him trying to figure out what's going on, and um, so as we are doing that, um, his life is leaving him, like there's nothing I can do, I'm praying, I'm talking to 911, um, I'm trying to do all the things that mothers shouldn't have to do, but are trying to do to fix the situation. And, um, that's when, um, truly, I, I don't know how to explain it except for just angels. That's all I can say. And, um, he, 
he couldn't speak. He couldn't talk. He couldn't tell me what's wrong. He couldn't do any of those things. But at the moment when this certain amount, this time happened, um, it's like his eyes just lit up. Like I just, I can't explain it more than amazement was in his eyes and he looked up, he looked to the right, he looked to the left and it was like, oh, thank God he's getting better. Like, oh, I thought really he was going to, you know, pass away, but he's better. Yeah. And no joke. I, I mean, I really thought my prayer was answered and he was getting better. And he looked straight in his daddy's eyes and he said, daddy. And it's, of course, my husband's like, what, son, what? And he said, daddy, I love you. And at that moment, when love you came out of his mouth, he passed away in our yard with, that was it. Like, there was nothing else we could do. And my husband immediately started CPR and they took, he did CPR for like 45 minutes because the ambulance driver could not find our house. And then when the ambulance um, driver did come and relieve him, they did CPR continually until we got to the hospital, which was probably another hour from that, that time. And we were doing everything we could do. And honestly, I, we did not know what happened. We honestly, everybody was like what is going on like he is playing in the next minute he is in bad shape like what is this mm -hmm. and so we were at the hospital and of course the doctor he says look there's nothing we can do and um and i just said y'all keep trying and he says ma'am we have kept trying and i'm telling you there's nothing we can do and so at that moment you know you're just just completely dismayed like what in the world and so we didn't find out what actually happened until we got the autopsy back about three days later and what actually happened to my child was he um he wrecked and the handlebars um hit him on the right side and that um it lacerated his liver and so um he bled out inside of his body and we didn't know it because there was not one drop of blood there was um there was just one marking that was similar to like a hickey but it was the shape of a o so that was right there on his right side and devastating enough you know we we hadn't we had no idea that's actually what had happened to go from playing to to pass away in your front yard that's like a nightmare you know and so um i will say the next morning um and i'll tell you even even then at the hospital we had so many visitors as far as god was just putting people on our path just to pray over us just to be there for us just to um hold us up whenever we, you know, we had nothing to hold on to um, except each other. And it was like devastating. So the next morning, um, this is when I guess the story begins. Um, that was the tragic part. But the hope, it's like God sends hope as soon as um, tragedy hits, if you will. Because I have hope. I'm going to tell you, whenever he was nine years old, he asked the Lord in his heart. And he was saved at nine years old. And so when I say he saw angels, I know that's what he saw. Mm -hmm. Like even, even in that desperate hour, I could tell you there was something he could see that I could not. And that was amazing to me. 
to know that something was standing right above us that I could not fathom. And yet in a dying <clears throat> a breath, he was given the opportunity to tell his daddy he loved him. You know, that's, that's a gracious God. You know, and my husband always tells people, he says, yeah, he said, bye, tell your daddy you love him. We got to go. You know, that's his way of putting it whenever he tells the story. And I believe that, like, I believe that that's what he said. And, um, so the next morning afterwards, you know, I didn't sleep. We didn't even actually get home to, from the hospital until like 1230. And, um, the next morning there was no sleep. You don't sleep after something tragic happens. You just, you just can't understand what's going on. So all night, um, tossing, turning, wondering, what you know what in the world why how did this happen um and like i said i didn't even know actually what actually killed my child until a couple days later but the next morning my my sister came and she visited me and, and she and her heart was heavy just like mine and she said um she was like dawn i'm i'm just here to bring you some you know styrofoam plates cups i said i feel like you're gonna have a lot of visitors and i want you to um just be prepared and people's gonna probably bring you food so i wanted you to have this and like you didn't have to do that and she said well i couldn't sleep all night and in the night god was just revealing things to me i'm like okay what did he say or what what and she says she says, well, for 14 days, I've been fasting and praying. And she said, I've been doing the Daniel fast. And she said, but God told me to do it. It wasn't me just wanting to do it. She says, the Lord kept saying, you need to do this. You need to do this. So she says, so I did. And she said, today is the 14th day. And um, I, the Lord just said to me, there's something you're going to have to go through that you can't go through by yourself. Hey guys, we now have sponsors for our podcast, and this month, our show is sponsored by The Mustard Seed in Oxford. We love the mustard seed. Allie and I love going in, walking all around the, the mall, looking at all the booths. It's so joyful and peaceful. You just feel better when you leave. So if you have a chance, stick your head in, look around. I promise you'll love it. Their hours are 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Saturday. If you're interested in sponsoring one of our Living Out Loud podcast shows, reach out to us on our website at livingoutloud.today. So she said, I knew that, um, I knew that that fasting was for you. And I said, oh my gosh. And she said, but here's something that's really funny that I, I just, I just don't understand it yet. I, I'm sure God will show me, but she says, I found a dime every single day, like one dime. That's it. Like I'd find one on my floor mat or I'd find it um, in my kitchen on the counter. And I didn't, you know, there was no reason for one to be there, but I would find it. And when she said, I don't know why it's like the Lord told me in our conversation, he said, Blade was 10. Yeah, you were fasting and you are praying for us because Blade was 10 and you were finding dimes because he was 10. And I was, and she just, she's just like, oh my God, you're right. You're right. Cause he was 10 and that's why I'm finding dimes. I was like, oh my gosh. So as you know, we realized that there was something with that, you know, I didn't think much 
else, but then um, it was time to make arrangements. So um, we had to go up to the funeral home, and, and I had uploaded a ton of pictures over to Walgreens, which is right next to the funeral home. And um, so I went to Walgreens, and I picked up the pictures, and it was awful. Like, <laughs> I couldn't stand there without just boo-hooing my eyes out. At, at the counter at the Walgreens counter because it was all of its pictures it was his baby pictures it was you know the week before pictures it was all of these memories of my child that I'm, I'm picking up these pictures to go make arrangements for and that was like hardest thing to know that I have to go make funeral arrangements for my child wow. and so you know I went to get back in the car with the bag of pictures and um, I open up the door, and there's a dime in my floor mat. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so in that moment, it was like a piece that just passed all understanding. It just came over me. And so I knew that, you know, I was going to be okay. I have to go do this hard thing, but I knew it would be all right. And um, then I found um, we went, we had to take our children, which number – Number should have been seven and um, go to the funeral home. This is when we all had to go. So as we're piling all the little kids in and putting them on their seatbelts, we're looking back, me and my husband, we're not speaking, but we do this every time we get in the car. It's just habit. And so I look back in the number six instead of seven. And that's when he and I both started crying without even saying what's on our heart, but we both knew what was on our heart. And right between us, my husband looked and he says, there's a dime. He says, Blake got in. And so he was, he's here, you know, he's here. And um, so we smiled and, and it was just a, a moment, just one of those moments when, you know, your heart says more than your words. So, right, right. And so we shared all, we shared this and I, I shared that what my sister had told me, you know, about fasting and praying at the funeral. And so at the funeral home, um, I, I don't know another mother, um, but God asked me to give my testimony at the funeral. And I'm like, Lord, I can't, <laughs> like, I really can't. But he, he allowed me to be able to give my testimony at the funeral. And, um, and I did, I gave my testimony and I told, um, that story, everything I just told you about finding dimes and the peace that it brought. And um, as we were putting Blade in the casket and it was time to take him to the funeral home, um, they rolled his little casket into the into the back of the hearse. And the hearse driver, he says, Miss Gilbreth? I said, yes, sir. He said, um, I don't normally listen to funerals. He said, I'm just a hearse driver. That was really all I do. And he said, but this morning I listened to your story. And um, and he said, on the way to get Blade, he said, I was coming from Columbia. And I went to the very back to clean out flowers from the last one that we had had. And um, he said, right in the middle of the hearse was a dime. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And he said, no. He said, I've never in my life had anything like this. And I, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. And um, to say the least, um, we have found so many dimes since Blade has passed. And so it really 
it put me on a quest, I'm going to be honest, to figure out what in the world, um, like, what does this mean? And I'm going to be honest with you, um, I didn't want, um, I didn't want to go in, like, to a psychic. I didn't want to go to outside measures, if you will. I only wanted to go to the Word of God and to find it through Him because He's our Creator, and I wanted my Father God to tell me what and why. You know, why my child? Why? There's so many times that um, that you don't have answers, and, and it doesn't seem, sometimes maybe life doesn't seem fair. Maybe sometimes it seems like you can't do this. I can't do this by myself, Lord. You know, so we need answers and we need, and we need clarity. We need, um, just direction. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I'm going to tell you the one verse that we put on the back of his, um, funeral announcement card, whatever you call that, um, was Isaiah 41 10. And it says, fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with my right hand of my righteousness. And so, you know, we would find the dimes, and, you know, dimes are 10, and blade was 10, and, um, and then we started, this is days after, like we had no idea, you know, until you know, different things would come to us, but we did not realize all of the tens that actually had happened that week. Um, he was actually buried on the 10th at 10 a.m., and that was not planned. It just, that's just the way it fell. And um, uh, he was 10 years old, and he, like I said, he was buried on the 10th at 10 a.m., and on the back of his funeral um, announcement was Isaiah 41.10. So we had us this long string of 10, 10, 10, 10, you know, in one day I was sitting at the church and we were in the fellowship hall and I was speaking to this lady about the tens and how, you know, how these dimes have really truly brought comfort to me and our family through this hard tragedy. And she says, well, she asked me one question and I says, she says, well, what does 10 mean in the Bible? Lord, I don't know. Like, I've never, I've read my Bible, like, a lot since Blade died, but I don't have any idea. So, I was at the table, so I had my phone. I says, well, what does 10 mean in the Bible? And um, Google put up testimony. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, it struck something in my soul, like, oh, my gosh. Like, and so it said 10 means testimony. And I said, do you know I gave my testimony at his funeral? Like, who does that? Like, I didn't even want to. You know, it was God he was telling me to. And and um, and so I started, like, I really, I really started searching out the scriptures, trying to figure out what in the world. Because I knew that my God would have the answers. Um, and one of the, like, I, Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all of your heart. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lead not into your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Mm -hmm. It was that seeking him um, that 
that really brought clarity to this whole situation, like just saturating myself in, in the word and, and just seeking him, just saying, Lord, I don't know why this happened, but God, you do, you know, first of all, you do. And, um, and I want to know what, what happened or why, and why my child, you know, why in that way, what, what in the world? So, um, and I'm gonna tell you, we were getting a lot of, we were finding a lot of dimes at a lot of different places. And, um, then I started seeing 444 everywhere, like on the clock, I would see 444. I remember my daughter was playing, um, travel ball and the, the sign, the scoreboard, it was time to leave. Everybody was heading out and the other scoreboard sign was stuck on 444. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, four runs and four, for the teams and all that. And I was like, and I took pictures. I'm like, 444, why do I keep seeing this? What is going on? You know, and then I don't know if I ran across his birth certificate or what I did, but he was actually born at 444. And, um, and I was like, holy smokes, what is this? Like, I keep seeing this. And, and now you're telling me he was born at 444. And, um, and so I started seeking that out. And so I, I did go through YouTube, but I only found one video that kind of actually made any sense to me on 444. And this uh, lady was preaching and she, and her whole message was chosen by God. And so she kept saying that over and over in her, in her uh, preaching was chosen by God, chosen by God. So um, I just jotted it down in my Bible. I said, 444 means chosen by God, you know, and then I did find in the Bible that, um, there's four seasons and, and seasons are an appointed time. Um, so four could mean appointed time. And, and so I just kind of, you know, wrote random things down while I'm studying and, and seeing, but there's one day, um, God just put it all together, like in only a way that God could. And it was, um, one in the morning. And I'm reading out of Hebrews, and and here's what I come across. It's Hebrews 9, 16 through 18, and it says, For where a testament is, there must of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is no strength at all, all a testator liveth. Whereupon, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. And... Let me just do a little teaching right here. A testament is a will and testament. And so if you think about it, um, when you have a will or will and testament, um, it, what you're saying is once you pass away, such and such will say, go to your daughter, such and such will go to your son. Mm -hmm. And none of that will come to pass until the person passes away. And so with that said, I'm going to read it one more time. For where a testament is, there must of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is no strength at all while a testator liveth. So what it's saying is a testament, a will and testament is no good while the person is alive. Because they still have their possessions, you know, they're still on the earth and everything is normal. But once they die, then this will and testament goes into effect once they pass away well as i'm reading that the lord he just shows me that if you take the word testament and you make it testimony 
And so that changes it from where a testimony is. There must of necessity be the death of a testator, for a testimony is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is no strength at all while a testator liveth. Whereupon, neither was the first testimony dedicated without blood. And for me, the Lord shared with me and said to me, Blade's testimony was no strength at all while he was alive. He was just a 10-year-old child. And most people don't take 10-year-olds very serious. But once he passed away, this is when his testimony became strength. And that's where the force came was after he passed away. Um, so... With that verse, and then the things that I have shared with you about the dimes and the 444, God just kind of put a sentence together. And the sentence, because he was born at 444, he died when he was 10. And um, what the Lord told me was Blade was chosen at birth to be a testimony at death. And that was the sentence, he, the one-line sentence that he gave me. After a year and a half of studying and a year and a half of looking into fours and tens and, and all of these scriptures, it was just, I guess, lightning to my soul to know that this testimony that I was supposed to speak, my husband's supposed to speak, and even my children are supposed to speak because they all have testimonies. It was the testimony was the reason, you know, behind the death. And, and our testimony is power. You know, the same thing that the devil wants to destroy us with is the same thing that God is going to use and um, and really bring him glory. So in our testimony, it's very powerful. And he just showed me that through the dimes and through the fours. And it's been amazing. But um, <laughs> just I mean, just listening to you and all the confirmations and all of the things, the way that God has been faithful and the small things. And the, I think the most beautiful thing that I see in your story is your faithfulness as a mama, um, your faithfulness to the truth and to God's word, because you took that verse, seek him and you will find to heart. And you said, OK, God, this is in your word. I'm going to seek you because I want to find the answer. And then not only did you seek after the answer, but you were willing to look around for the answer and to look around for the signs. I think often we get so busy and I feel I'm guilty of this, just being so busy that I'm not seeing the way that God's speaking to me every day. But you were so willing to seek after those things and to look for them and then connect them and to take them to the word of God and say, okay, what does this mean? Tell me what this means. And God came through and he did. And it's been incredible. I mean, he's connected all of the dots for you, which has probably brought you so much peace. It has. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because all of these signs um, have been biblical. You know, I'm, I'm very careful not to say, take a psychic's word for it. Cause the Bible speaks against um, that. Right. And so, I was always trying to go to scripture, say, okay, Lord, what? And so, um, but God is in all the details. He really, he's in so many more that I can't even, we don't have time to talk about, but there's so many more details about his passing that weeks led up to that I could share that just, it's incredible how he he was preparing a mama's heart and he was preparing my child's heart mm -hmm. through those details to, um, for what was coming. 
just like he was preparing my sister, you know, with her fasting and praying. And that truly, that fasting and praying is what gave us her first son. So, Well, Dawn, Dawn, as a first-time listener of your story, I'm just so grateful for your faithfulness and your courage to to share um, with our listeners today. Um, As painful as it must be, I can only imagine. um, I have three sons myself, and um, I'm just in just awe of you being so willing to share and you know, my question is, how has your family used this tragedy to become your message? And you've kind of answered that. And I want to say, too, before you answer that, um, just like what Allie was saying, the faithfulness that you had to seek, you know, you you sought the Lord and you found out. And you may not ever know everything, but God has given you enough of what you need to know to share in the testimony of your son and Mm -hmm. the purpose of you sharing in your family. And, um, yeah. So, um, the question, how has your family used this tragedy to become your message? Um, I guess each one of us in our own way, especially me and my husband, because since this has happened, my husband has surrendered to preach and that's where our ministry has started was him, um, just knowing that you're not promised tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's something that hit us square in the face that we never dreamt our child would, would have to pass away. You know, we always think it's our mom and our dad. They're going to come before us or we're going to come before our kids. But it's just that the, the, the way of life that you're not promised tomorrow. And that's my husband's message. In every preaching, he says, you know, you can walk out of here and you might not come back, you know, because it's so true because we took life for granted. We took it for granted for our children, you know. Well, it is so true. Like just thinking about your son's, um, the tragedy of just riding his bike. I mean, you don't think that anything like that is going to happen with just falling and the way it happened. And even my daughter, she said that he wasn't ramping, Mama. He was, and she couldn't fathom it. She was eight at the time. She was like, Mama, he wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, so we've all had to come to grips with um, this life is not promised. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, death comes to us all. You know, we've all, all of our children have had to grieve and figure out what is this? You know, I don't understand. So I'm just saying that because we're not promised tomorrow. We think we are, but we're not. Well, one of the blogs, I'm I'm actually working on a blog post. I've been working on it for about a week and um, just some things that God has shown me and I'm trying to get all the right words together. I'm almost through. I was working on it right before I came in here. Um, But it does, your story reminds me so much of it because my blog is about, you know, God is not safe, but he is good. And we've heard that, but the one thing that I've added to that is um, not really focusing on praying to be safe, but focusing on praying to be strong. And that's not something that I really, if you ask me all of my life for as long as I can remember, um, I don't pray to be strong. You know, I pray to be safe. And I know that the Christian life and surrendering to the Lord and following Jesus is not safe. Um, it is a hard road, but 
the encouraging thing is God is showing me that he makes us strong for whatever we have to deal with. Um, and it sounds like to me is hard, um, as excruciating, um, of the pain that you've gone through, God still carried you. And I know that he carries me. I've seen him carry me, but no matter what it is and what will come, um, he gives us the strength to get through what we need to get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause his strength has only been my strength. I have been a broken vessel for three years. And what I have found is broken is beautiful because in the brokenness is when we can finally be used by God. We're finally malleable and we're not trying to do it our way anymore. We're not trying to take it upon ourselves. We truly in broken places, we finally say, I surrender. I give it to you, God. You can have it. I don't need it anymore. You know, where when we're, when we feel like we're strong enough or we're able that's whenever we resist God and we resist his ways and we resist um, his, um, you know, just his ways. So I feel like broken is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is. And I think too, when God makes us strong, really, it all goes together. You know, he makes us strong because being strong, he, he's the ones really, he's the one that is really being strong in us. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And when he is being, when we're weak, he is strong, but that strength really gives us a safe fortress. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a, a refuge. So I think strength and safety go together. So it's kind of neat just that I've been working on this blog, what God's been teaching me this week and hearing your story and awesome. hearing you experience it because, you know, I've had two miscarriages and that is losing a child, but it's different yeah. than losing a child that I've known. And I cannot even imagine, I can only imagine what you've gone through, but for you to sit there, you to stand here and say, it's all about bringing God glory. It is. It's amazing. I mean, I say that, but I hope, you know, I would think, I, I do believe I would say that if I went through that, but I hope that I would in hearing you actually, you have lost a son and you are saying that through your testimony is so encouraging. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Dawn, for taking time out of your day. I know that your life's busy with a house full of kiddos. Um, is, we, we appreciate your wisdom and we appreciate your teaching and your faithfulness and your love for the Lord and your love for people to share um, your testimony. Yeah. And we just pray that we know that God's going to continue to use Blade's story mm -hmm. and because his parents are so faithful to, to tell it. So, yeah. um, we appreciate you. Well, we I appreciate y'all having me. It's been a blessing. Thank y'all so much. <laughs>